0: Green over the wickets to him. Bowled Green's got his first five in his blossoming test career. He's the $6 million man bowling like that on Boxing Day. And the tourists are all out for 189. Warner on strike. Pulls down to the boundary and he gets it there all the way to the rope. Dave Warner celebrates. He's up there with Australia's all-time greats. Dave Warner on 196. Nguidi in, bowls to him. And Warner, it leapt at him. He got it away through the corner and down for four. Down to his knees. This is the innings of a champion. A a bullet-a-gate double century. He bowls to Carey who cuts away for four. Bat raised immediately as it beat cover. (laughs) It's a maiden test time for Alex Carey as he comes back for a third He's a fully-fledged Aussie keeper now. <laughs> <laughs> He's called him in. <laughs> Smith to Ngidi. Full yeah. ball, got him, bowled him. The deed finished by Steve Smith. Australia inflicted MCG thrashing on South Africa. And for the first time in 17 years on these shores, they win a series against the South Africans. They win by an innings of 182 runs in the Boxing Day Tests.
1: Well, that man, the captain of the SEN Test Commentary Team, Jared Waitley, joins me. Jared, Merry Christmas to you and yours and a Happy New Year for tomorrow night. Can I ask you first and foremost, are your glass half full or half empty with what you've seen this summer? Are you satisfied?
2: Oh, yes, Sam. As I, this Australian cricket team could not have done more. They are playing excellent crickets and now every one of them is in form. So for the we knew that this was the entree to the real challenges of 2023, which would come offshore in India and England. But it's nearly been perfect so far. And that the return to form of Dave Warner is just about the last piece of that. But for, for the litany of what you stepped through, I, I think this is a brilliant Australian cricket team. It, it has the chance to become a great team over the, the year that is ahead with the mm. World Test Championship, which they are absolutely dominating they are thoroughly enjoyable to watch in the way that they play their cricket i think they're incredibly likable i think this is a team that the nation should be uh, fully embracing um, and if we're not then i think that probably owes to to some of the issues of the past rather than the present
1: I'm going to talk to you about all that and i couldn't agree with more with uh, couldn't agree with you more on your summation of, of where they're at uh, this series has had moments to remember not matches and uh, we've still got Sydney to come, so who knows what that might give us? What was the moment for you so far from the four tests that we've seen?
2: Oh, I think it is the Warner double century in his one yeah. hundredth Test match. Is it has the the confluence that um, it was a listener in Sydney put together that it, it has the uh, it has the Steve War fighting for his career on that one perfect day at the SCG, and it has the um, the Dean Jones. Mm fighting against his own body and the, and the conditions um, in India. So I think it was instantly iconic. Um, and it came at a time where a lot of us were thinking that the, the end was about to swallow him up and that that sort of innings might have been beyond him. Uh, and as, as true champions over a long period of time do, he, he restored who he had been. So I think there'd been a lot of tinkering happening in his game, searching for it. Uh, and he went back to the true essence of what Warner is, and, and that is the, the bullet-a-gate player that he's always been. And this is against a proper attack. So there, there was, I know we are disappointed with the level of competition that the West Indies and South Africa have presented, but this is a world-class bowling attack, mm. probably second only uh, to Australia in uh, in what it had achieved across the year. Uh, so this was, and it was done. Um, it wasn't done on a road. It was done in in really trying conditions. So yeah, there's been lots of great achievements. It's it's quite amazing actually. The the list of milestones across yeah. the four tests that Australia players have produced. But but I do think that is the. That's a moment that will last in, in MCG lore and I think it's clearly the image of the summer.
1: Should we be alarmed by this is what the, the team ranked number two coming here has dished up? Your you chat with Todd Greenberg, I think it was yesterday, or if not the day before, was a fascinating one. And cricket becoming very quickly, if not already, the haves and the have-nots. Todd Greenberg spoke about that with you, the head of the ACA. Do, do the ICC, Jared, need to take a bit of a direct hand in setting up something in terms of equalisation? We see it in the AFL. Um, does cricket have that issue now, needing to address equalisation?
2: Uh, that, that is such a complex <laughs> uh, issue to deal with. So it, cricket would be better if there were more Test Nations that were uh, competitive, but I do think a lot rests with each, um, with each country's governing body and whether they truly prioritise test cricket. Mm. So uh, there, there's the, I hear the sentiment that Australia and England and India need to do more for the other countries. I, I can't quite fathom what that would be, but there are better minds in mind to explore that. The ICC, it's not really their, their place. And at times they look like just a toothless scheduling body in the way that they govern the sport. It really is for each individual country to figure out. But you have to the backdrop to that is South Africa came here as with the with the second best percentage on the world test championship list. So they hadn't been destitute across this year. They'd played quite a lot of test cricket. They'd had success against India. They'd had success against England and they've been absolutely decimated here. Now, how they had that success is really interesting when you study their batting order. I, I don't know how they managed to do it, but they managed to do it with slightly different personnel um, but maybe it just maybe it does emphasize that the tour here we, we say that the tour to india is is the most fearsome that Australia faces. Well, I think the tour to Australia is the most fearsome that that most other nations take and yeah. it is a graveyard for visiting captains, and we're watching that with Dean Elgar and his In his language, in his batting, in his tactics, everything is is wrong in that team at the moment. But this wasn't... I know South Africa are going to go through a really interesting phase now. They've they've prioritised their own T20 competition because that's where the money is. The IPL owners have bought into that. Uh, their, their test schedule is lesser than it's ever been over the next um, over the next five years. Mm. Um, a lot of that is at their own hand and their own choice. But this is not a destitute cricket nation that arrives here to get flogged. Is this is a, a team that was sitting second that has been uh, decimated by Australia?
1: Sydney test, Jared. do you have the license to experiment now or is it dangerous to do so if you don't set it up properly? We've seen the experimentation period not that long ago. We rolled that many players through the side that I often am surprised when I'm doing big bash games to go, oh, he's played two tests for Australia, Curtis Patterson or Hilton Cartwright. Or do you just stick with the next cab off the rank uh, process that has served them so well in recent years? You set the team up for the first test in India. I yep. think
2: that's the that's the logic and that's the luxury that Australia has earned. So if they play a second spinner, they should play the second spinner who's going to play in the first test in India. Uh, and I think Andrew McDonald hinted at that with us. He said, we won't necessarily play the next best spinner. We'll play the spinner that best suits the lineup. So if they are going to go with Lyon and Agar in the first test in India, that that's what they should go with in Sydney. Um Lance Morris is, is a great investment in the future. He was the cover for Mitch Stark. I, he's, he's clearly playing on and what Andrew McDonald mm. said. I suspect they switch Hazelwood and Boland to make sure that Hazelwood gets a test match. Um, Boland's had three, so he's up and ready to go. They need Hazelwood to have a test before they head offshore. No one's quite sure what his place in the Indian tests might be, but he needs to be ready to go. So I absolutely expect that he bowls. They're going to bring, so I've just been reading Pete Lawler and Ben Horn, and they are spot-on with these things. So there's the suggestion that they're going to bring Matt Renshaw into the squad, which I think is a pretty clear hint that he's going to India. Mm. he'll be the he'll be the reserve opener. um if something goes awry with either Warner or Kawaja, given that he's had the experience there, so it would make perfect sense if he came into the squad, and if they go with the extra batter instead of the second spinner, it will be him. And if they choose to go with the extra seamer, who can bat? It'll be Nisa, who already showed us his wares in Adelaide. So, in that conversation, is just how how well stocked Australia is. Is they not only have their their first choice lineup, but they have their first reserve in virtually every category. So, I think this team. Uh, it's probably the conversation for after Sydney, but I think they will leave these shores for this Indian series as well equipped as any. In the past 20 years to take on that challenge.
1: And immortality awaiting, Jared, as mentioned in the opener, 2001, uh, the last time we've been able to beat England in England, 2004, the last time we've been able to beat India in India. Do do we lack for anything? Is this the best, you know, and most balanced and and, and, and most potent, whatever words you want to use? Do we have it all to do what we need to do?
2: Well, I think it's really well stocked. I, I, probably the second spinner is not going to be as good as Stephen O'Keefe and not going to be as good as Stuart McGill if you if you step back through recent mm. history. Um, the bowling stocks are stacked. The batters are in good form. I think there's still the question over the middle order position against spin. Um, but Travis said he's absolutely dominating at five and he's such a thoroughly modern cricketer that he's going to get the first look at it. He doesn't have a great record in those conditions. So that there's a couple of riders to it. But yeah, this team's greatness goes on the line in 2023. If they were to pick off all three of a victory in India, the World Test Championship, and a victory in England, um, that's all-time status. That's a very high bar. So great to aspire to. I wouldn't expect them to um, to do all three, but a combination of two of them would be um, would be just outstanding for Pat Cummins in the early years of his of his captaincy. So yeah, they... For a, for a couple of the players who are getting to the end, this is the legacy achievements that stretch out before them. Um, I don't think India is is quite as good as probably the teams that um, that have beaten Australia in recent times mm. over there. Just It just doesn't quite feel that way. There's been a couple of blemishes in, in their recent test cricket. Uh, and who knows with England? I mean, mm. if Australia does happen to win in, in India or even draw that series... Um, I don't think we will have had a build-up to an Ashes like it since 2005, and it might even be more than that with the way England's playing its test cricket. So, yeah, 2023 is a defining year for this generation of Australian cricketer, and they are they are in great shape to go and mm. take it on, which is not to say that they will... Achieve all that they they aspire to,
1: and what it might do for the relationship with the general public again, um, if it hasn't already, um, I think will be incredibly important as well with those achievements. Last one, Jared, because you've started a campaign, and I'm I'm standing here with pen in hand, ready to sign your petition to have the Boxing Day test start at midday rather than at ten am. How is it going? You've been speaking to all the power brokers in the game. Are you getting traction?
2: I feel like I've got a little bit of traction, <laughs> Sam. Is- uh, Stuart Fox personally likes the idea, so they, he was careful to say the MCC stages the game but doesn't uh, uh, set the circumstances of the game. He'd spoken to Nick Cochley about it before we, we talked on air about it. Um, I think if you, if you think about it from a Melbourne perspective and the rhythms of life at this time of year, and what it might mean. So I, I absolutely, I, I'm in awe of the 50,000 who make it for the first ball every year, and mm. we got to 64,000 this year on Boxing Day. Uh, in my theory, that, that can become 75,000 or 80,000, because I think once you once you go, look, we're not going to get there for the first ball because it's just impossible on a home front. You don't go, I don't think. But if you put it at midday and go, okay, so we only have to be on a train at quarter to eleven and we'll be inside the ground for the first ball. And what it might do to the other end of the day when we all roll out between 7 and 7.30 and and the city and the the Richmond area, I think it just perfectly matches the festive season. It would further delineate the Boxing Day test. The light is just not an issue, so it doesn't affect the cricket one bit. This is really about the the social aspect and the the rhythms. We used to start at 11 and then move to 10.30 for television. So 11 was far more appropriate, I think, but mm. I would go the other way and slide to 12. And maybe maybe next year, rather than just go, we're doing this forevermore, um, it's Pakistan next year. There's the, the, the desire to connect with that Pakistan community, which was so brilliant on those yes. two nights at the MCG during the World Cup. And that World Cup night, I've never really seen anything like it. The turn up of, of that group of our community, if you can engage with them for Boxing Day so that they all feel a stake in it, slide it back to midday, and then as Stuart Fox says, let's take aim at the 91,000 and see if we can have a test away from the ashes that's capable of drawing that crowd. Um, I reckon that's one, of the, that's one of the ways to do it.
1: Well, the people in the region and to Victoria are with it as well. The response we got when I asked it, all the country people are like, absolutely, because it helps with their commutes. So, Jared, I'm on board. I think many people are. Good luck with that. Good luck with the Sydney test as well. You guys are killing it as always, and thanks for your time this morning.
2: It's terrific, Sam. Good man.